0: Hello and welcome to the Luke Miller podcast. I'm glad that you are able to join us and we are finishing up uh, a series on on judging one another and conflicts and how that arises and, um, uh, and and we're going through Romans 14 as we look at that. And today we find ourselves in verses 19 through 23 and ask what that looks like for us. Uh, And we focused on what it means for us to get rid of that judgmental spirit, judgmental spirit that we may have, Uh, learning how to disagree without being disagreeable and and how to deal with diversity in a world that seems very fragmented when it comes to people's views Uh, and really trying to say, uh, how can we deal with one another? And understand that we may not be wrong; we're just different than one another, even within our own community, uh, and in the larger uh, the larger picture of uh, where we are, um, where we are uh, in a, as a country, and and really as a Christian church across the world. Um, and we find ourselves in in verses nineteen to twenty three. If if you want to turn there. Um, but we see, uh, in, in verse 19, that we start to wrap up this chapter and it says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. As we, as we talked about last time um, before Christmas, there's that little word therefore that comes a lot, comes up a lot in this chapter. And, and when we, Let love limit our own liberty and begin to care for others as Christ does, then naturally we will pursue peace and look for ways to build one another up, right? And and Paul includes himself into this by using the word us. And that's what I like. Paul's not saying you people need to do this. He's throwing us. It means he's put himself right in the mix uh, of all of this. And, and the phrase to make every effort means to follow or press hard after or pursue with earnestness and with diligence in order to obtain an objective. Like a runner in a race exerting with every fiber in their body to reach that goal. You know, that, that's what is, that's the picture that's being painted here. You want to become so equipped that you're able to, to function at, at peak capacity, uh, make every effort to get to that goal. What's, what it's saying is everything that we've talked about in conflict, it is now pointing to that. You want every fiber in your body to be focusing on peace. Peace means to join or to bind together that which has been separated. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of the, the great writers on discipleship, uh, once said, the followers of Jesus have, have been called to peace. When he called them, they found their peace, for he is their peace. But now they are told that they must not only have peace, but make it. And Jesus says in in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And again, Jesus calls us to be peacemakers, not be peace, peacekeepers. Uh, translated better, it would even call us as workers of peace, peace workers. It takes effort to end a conflict. When we work at resolving conflict, we are doing what God does. Um, and, and the thing that we see here is we can't be passive about peace. It has to be pursued. Uh, the importance of going after peace is seen in Ephesians four, three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Um, Psalm 34:14 Turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Romans 12:18 If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 2 Corinthians 13:11 Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So so this word edification actually is a construction term that was used to describe a building going up brick by brick or the process of making a structure stronger to improve its usefulness and extend its longevity. Uh, An example uh, of the first is, uh, you know, in many ways, as we look at, at making ourselves as a, a church, our spiritual growth stronger, right? And and that discipleship part is also about ex- growing and, and and experiencing that longevity as a Christ follower. And we talk about peace. We talk about pursuing it. And And yet now we find ourselves... Asking the question, are you a person who's constructing or are you a person who's destroying? Do you build up or do you tear down? Whether we like to admit it or not, our actions strengthen or weaken the church and the perception of us as Christ followers and the perception of Jesus Christ himself. Our words are either uh, flames or, or flowers, as one has said. They have the power to destroy, and they have the power to build up. Ephesians chapter four, twenty-nine says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And, and that's just it. So the last 24 hours have not been... One of the greatest twenty-four hours in in American life, as as people saw rioters storm the Capitol, and 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 we saw things being destroyed. We saw, for for the sake of a cause. We can call ourselves peacekeepers, but are we really? Making, you know, are we actually making it? Are we actively living this? I mean, are we peacemaking as we're called to be? And and the number one thing that we see here in verse twenty is: don't demolish those who disagree. You disagree with. Don't destroy those you disagree with. I can't think of a better day to talk about this. Uh, the opposite of the word construct is to destroy, and it. It's used in verse 20 as a term of tearing down a building. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. This tearing down, it happens in marriage. Uh, we've seen it before, and I've seen it before. Uh, and, and and we see it build over and over and over, you know, and gets worse and worse. Uh, and until finally, it's just, it, it gets what seems like beyond repair. Paul repeats what he's been saying throughout the chapter. And in in the last half of verse 20 and in, in verse 21, all food is clean, but it's wrong for man to eat anything that may cause someone else to stumble. It's better, it's more beautiful to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that may cause your brother to fail. And if you go back and circle the words destroy and some stumble and fall in your Bible, you know, we start to see that, again, it's a reiteration of saying, what I, what I do affects you, and what you do affects me. And that means if, if we abstain from something for the sake of uh, a brother or sister in Christ, then that's, that's what we better do. Paul's challenging us to be builders instead of demolishers and, and destroyers. My highest priority in relationships with others should be their own edification, their building up, not their destruction, but rather their construction. Paul was really serious about this and again includes himself in this. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. Right? and and then yet we find ourselves in a very interesting place. A very interesting place in verse 22. There are certain truths that all believers must accept because they are explicitly taught in scripture. However, some of us like to feel we have to tell people what we've decided about, you know, different debatable topics. And according to verse 22, you know, the the way of wisdom is to keep some things private. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Your personal convictions are just that, personal. If they were meant to be for everyone, God would have included them in the Bible. But he didn't. He gave He gave them to you personally, and they should stay between you and him. You know, I'm challenged by Proverbs chapter 12, 23. A prudent man keeps his knowledge to himself, but but the heart holds the heart of a fool blurts out folly literally just shouts out because its words coming out of his mouth uh one of the great commentators uh said be satisfied with cherishing your own opinions <laughs> i think that's probably uh uh, pretty close to it. Charles Spurgeon had also insight into this. Do you f- do you feel quite sure upon such matters? He asks. Keep it with within yourself, but do not worry others with it. Is the challenge that he gave? Right. It's helpful for me to remember that my response is my own responsibility, and your response is your responsibility. Uh, and and. In one of his books, Chuck Swindle actually quotes uh, an author who says, to let go doesn't mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is not to cut myself off. It's the realization that I can't control another. To let go is is not to try and change or blame another. I can only change myself. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. To let go is to not be in the middle of arranging all outcomes, but to allow others to affect their own outcomes. And to let go is not to deny, but is just to simply accept. To let go is not to nag, scold, or argue, but search out my own shortcomings and correct them. That's the challenge. The second half of verse 22 and 23 helps us see that if our own conscience bothers us, or we have some doubts about something... The principle is this, when in doubt, get rid of it. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but a man who doubts, condemns, but a man who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he, is, because he is eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Paul goes on to write in Acts chapter 24, So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. John joins in that we must sync with our own conscience in 1st John chapter 3:21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. When in doubt, we should probably not we should probably leave it out when it comes to some things in our own conscience. There's, there's several tests which we can see this throughout Scripture. Um, and when it comes to making, um, uh, making decisions. And, but really, where we find ourselves here is the challenge in all of this is to pursue harmony and be helpful. In every conversation you have this week, purposely say at least one encouraging word to the person you're speaking of. And try not to do it by saying something like, (laughs) passive-aggressive, you know? You're really nice, but... (laughs) And then go off on something. Uh, The house looks really clean, but you forgot to clean this, you know? And and don't demolish those you disagree with. This is going to be the hardest one this week, based on the context of where we are right now. And you have to ask yourself... As you're listening to this, is there anyone you have demolished lately? If so, it's time to ask for forgiveness and work on restoring ruptured relationships. I'm not a big social media person, but all I I know is that I've heard people tell me that even over the last 24 hours, as people post stuff about something one which way or the other, family members and conflict and just straight-up ugliness has taken place as people trash one another, uh, another, one another, destroying one another with their words and their personal opinions. Uh, and I'm going to make that challenge that if that's so, you need to ask for forgiveness and you need to ask for it quickly. You may not want to hear that, but that's the reality of it. I can tell you this, that you will not find a church grow stronger. You will not find your own individual relationships go stronger than when you start to believe in the full restoration power of Jesus Christ. And that includes in your relationships and how Christ calls us to reconcile. And, And so if you disagree, if you have destroyed someone, that's our challenge this week. You pick up that phone and you ask for forgiveness and don't expect <laughs> don't expect as a caveat that you may hear that same amount of forgiveness back. this is your conviction, your affections or or your actions affect others, and we own that uh, and so um, so in that uh we can say you know when you know when in doubt. You know, it's important for us to realize that we are in a place that in conflict, we can make the body of Christ go stronger with one another. And, and let me finish with this, is the second Thessalonians chapter 316. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you the peace at all times and in, other, and in every way. Lord be with you all. As we go from here, I firmly hope that we're able to take the pursuit of harmony and act on it, relentlessly pursue it. And that we're going to be able to look at our own lives and maybe the actions that we've done and pursue restoration. It'll make us stronger as individuals. It makes us stronger as churches. And I wholeheartedly believe as Christ followers do this, this makes us stronger as a nation. I hope this uh, is, is timely for us. I hope this is a place where we can uh, really discuss some, some hard topics and, and really call to light where we need to be. But my prayer for this week is that as a nation, through restoration, we heal. And that includes in our relationships with one another. Take care. Have a great week. And I'll be back next week.